Ladies and gentlemen, riding solo once again. No sign of Geezy. Gino will be joining me in a little bit. I did ask him to join me in a little bit because it is Christmas time. Thank you, Chachi, for some hydration to get to get us started here. Yeah, uh, it is Christmas time, and you know I, I I've done solo shows before, and this is Christmas, so I wanted to do a little Christmas before Gino joined me. We talked some wrestling, so I was really excited. I thought, okay, you know, earlier today when Geezy texted me, I was like, Geezy loves when we play the old Christmas tracks. It's been a while. It's usually like yearly or twice yearly when I actually do listen to some of these songs. So we're gonna go through. We're gonna play a lot of the, the discography of me, mine and my brother's Christmas music. Should have grabbed some beers for this. Maybe I'll have, I'll have to grab a beer uh, mid-song or something because these are definitely songs that you want to have a little bit of a buzz to. Because I made these. Many of these I made more than ten years ago. They are still saved on an iTunes hard drive somewhere. So I have the songs. At least if I click, I believe they're gonna play. So I got them all right here. And that's what we're going to do tonight, but it is Vleeties. I'm Ryan Van Vliet. This is, you know, if you're on the hashtags and headlines game, if you're on the Vleeties game, the wrestling journalist game, I'm here. Uh, I did go to AEW Dynamite last week. That's why I wasn't on the whole effing show. Tyla and Kevin and Gino, fantastic work on the Velveteen Dream video. Good Goodness gracious, what, what an amazing time. I so wish I was there for that. Rivals the Jeff Hardy video. It's so funny. And Velveteen is... Like, it's such a work, I feel, just how perfect it is and all the moments in there. This is illegal! Everything about Velveteen Dream and just the crash that happened. Remember Velveteen Dream? He was one of the best. He was one of the good ones. He was one of those NXT guys that we all thought, man, once this guy gets to the main roster, wrestling is going to be changed forever. And unfortunately, that did not go down. Um he made some very grave mistakes along the way there, so he has nobody to blame but himself. So I'm looking at some tracks here. I have the chat pulled up as well. I got Cassidy here. I got Beelzebub. I got, gosh, did I, hold on a sec. Did this really just happen? Did the headsets just completely go out? Because what I can do, okay, now that sounds great. Fixed it. Touched a button. Working for a second. Goodness gracious. So. Oh my goodness, this is going to be fantastic. Let's take a look. I don't know. I know most of these songs. So let's start with ones that I know. This is when I did my solo project. This says 2021. There's no way this was done last year. This is definitely from like 2016 or something. But let, let's vibe out. Let's listen to some tunes. I got to do that hydrate for Chachi still. Thank you, Chachi. Big sip. Mmm. Mmm. Let's check out this song, ladies and gentlemen. Because you know I'm all about that bread, about that bread, gingerbread man. I'm all about that bread, about that bread, gingerbread man. I'm all about that bread, about that bread, gingerbread man. I'm all about that bread, about that bread. Well, here we go. Yeah, it's pretty clear. I like gingerbread. Houses or cookies, cookies running through my head. Cause it's got that yum yum that makes Santa chase. I shove gingerbread cookies into my face. I set the oven timer for a fun o'clock. So get the icing ready. Come on now, dirty pop. If you are hungry, hungry, just glaze them up. And you better not forget the flipping purple gum drops. Yeah, a gingerbread man comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes. Wah, 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 ooh, wah, wah. And gingerbread houses smell so good on Christmas night. Wah, 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 ooh, wah, wah. 
Gingerbread cookies and milk right now sounds pretty bomb. Wah, 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 ooh, wah, wah. So if you don't like gingerbread, then go ahead and move along. Wah, 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 wah ooh. Because you know I'm all about that bread, about that bread, gingerbread man. I'm all about that bread, about that bread, gingerbread man. I'm all about that bread, about that bread, gingerbread man. I'm all about that bread, about that bread. It's like my favorite snack. Grab some milk and clear the oven rack. No, I'm not playing. I need a giant stack. But I'm here to tell you that you better not forget about the flipping gum drops. Yeah, a gingerbread man comes in all kinds of shapes. Okay, let me. I have to interrupt. I have to because that's my favorite part of that whole thing that I did is the wahoo wah wah wahoo. Because I did this whole song, I listened to it multiple times during the producing of it, and I kept sitting there like, "What? Something is missing from this song." Like, gingerbread cookies and milk right now sound pretty bomb, and then it was just silence, and I'm listening to like the, ding, 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 just kind of the underlying beat. So I'm thinking I'm missing something there. So I, I kind of was listening, and there is some like doo-wop girls in the background. So. I just didn't even didn't even write anything down. Just hit record. Wah 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 wah, and it sounds so great because I'm pretty sure I just recorded that once and just kept looping that because I I just it's every time I hear it now it makes me laugh. The wah 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 wah, such a dumb thing to be doing. And imagine like a grown man doing that. I want everyone to picture that in their heads. A grown man sitting there recording a gingerbread man song. Based on a song by Megan Trainer, like all of this is so ridiculous, it's fantastic to me. Okay, and I I will try not to interrupt any for any further. The gingerbread houses smell so good on Christmas night. Gingerbread cookies and milk right now sounds pretty. So if you don't like gingerbread, then go ahead and move along. Because I'm all about that bread, about that bread, gingerbread man. I'm all about that bread, about that bread, gingerbread man. I'm all about that bread, about that bread, gingerbread man. I'm all about that bread, about that bread. Oh, you know that I am all about that bread, about that bread, gingerbread, gingerbread man. About that bread, gingerbread man. I'm all about that bread, about that bread, gingerbread man. He's all about that bread, about that bread, gingerbread man. I'm all about that bread, about that bread. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all about that bread, about that bread. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm all about that bread, about that bread. I'm all about that bread, about that bread, about that bread. Oh, gingerbread looking good right now. Oh my goodness. I don't want to hear my own yaps, my freestyle, and I'm just in there talking. So. Yeah, it's Gingerbread Man. It's a cute song. You know, that was a hot song at the time. So whenever that song was popular, this is when I did that. So I want that to be clear that this was definitely, I, that was timely, okay? It wasn't like I just randomly shat that out of my ass. Like there was premeditation going into that. Like, oh, everybody likes this Megan Trainer song. I, I've heard it so much on the radio, I can rewrite lyrics to this and turn it into a, a fun Christmas song. So I see other stuff. What's this one? Oh, so I love this one because I just did the 53 seconds like the Friends theme song. So 
for for someone who makes Christmas parody songs, this was a slam dunk. I know the Rembrandts have like a really lengthy, like three and a half minute version. Not for your boy here. So no one told you there would be stressful Christmas days. Black Friday, now you broke. So much for saving money. It's like you spend way too much every year. But it's Christmas Day, so hooray, because your whole family's here. But I love Christmas, too, when the rain turns to snow. I love Christmas, too, write a paper on the floor. I love Christmas, too, and I'll be there for you. That one still sounds good. I like that one. I think I sound good. I sang it well. Sad Sixers fan in the chat says, Happy Holidays, Vleeties. Happy Holidays to you, Sad Sixers fan. Merry Christmas, if that's your thing. That's my thing. That could be our thing. Merry Christmas. Our Savior is born. Oh, what? A a Greg and GG. I've never even heard, but I just completed Star Level 1. Thank you so much, Sad Sixers fan. Amazing. Uh, Merry Christmas, absolutely, yeah. I, I love going to church around this time, too, because it's really heavily on, like, our Savior is born. Merry Christmas. Like, it really, like we're really oh, jamming yeah. it in your throats. Really jamming it down your throats during this time of year, motherfuckers. So, Merry Christmas to everybody, and thank you, Cassidy, for the hype spell. Ricardio just entered the space. Ricardio, I finally made good, all right? I want to make this clear. Ricardio bought Ralph a Christmas present, all right? I went to AEW Dynamite on Wednesday night, and I went to the merch table. Now, they had micro brawlers, which is what Ricardio gave me money for. He said, get Ralphie an Impact Wrestling micro brawler. So, AEW had these micro brawlers as well, but he didn't want those, okay? He wanted a uh, a Chris Jericho actual, like, six-inch action figure. So, that was a little more expensive than what Ricardio had given but totally worth it. I, I, use, I made good, Ricardio. Finally, that money you gave all those years ago for an, for an, an what was his name? Ace Austin Micro Brawler went to a Chris Jericho, a pain maker Chris, Chris Jericho AEW figure. So there's so much more to talk about regarding AEW when it comes to, uh, to, to the event. I'm going to have Gino on in a little bit here, and we're going to go through all that. But I have more Christmas songs that I made. Like, there's more. So I know that these these this How Lady Saved Christmas album, that was the last one that I did. I remember doing that one in particular. We did a best of album. We took kind of the songs that I think sounded the best and really just like I remember doing Let It Snow was maybe the first song we ever did. My brother and I did Let It Snow. Let's take a listen. You can even hear so like you can hear the click. And this is recorded like without Pro Tools or anything like that, but we just had a desktop like Logitech microphone. So every time you hear him stop singing and you hear a, that's the microphone on a desk sliding back and forth because we didn't even realize, oh yeah, this is gonna pick up all the the audio, like everything that we do, like everything, every sound that we make. It's like an ASMR video. It's just this is on, this is recording. And we don't realize it because we're, we're just kids. We must have been – it had to be like 2008 or nine. So this is one of the older ones, and I want to say it's the first one we ever did. But now that I'm looking at Winter Fun, Winter Fun is probably number one. But let's take a listen. Good start so far. Here we go. Oh, the weather outside is frightful. Oh, that's pre-throat that surgery. Fire is, oh, so delightful. 
Since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Doesn't show signs of and I've brought some corn for popping. The lights are turned way down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Yeah, when we finally kiss goodnight, how I'll hate going out in the snow. But if you really hold me tight, all the way home I'll be warm. Oh, the fire is slowly dying, and my dear, we're still goodbye. As long as you love me so, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Oh my god. Yes! <laughs> okay, so no, that is because uh, this is a karaoke thing. We had a karaoke thing up, the karaoke audio, you hear the background singers, all of this is karaoke. So we're reading the lyrics as we're recording this. It's all done live. This is raw. And we're, we're doing this, and like that, we didn't realize there was a random like Frank Sinatra or Bing Crosby in the middle of that. Let it snow. We had no idea that was coming, so that's why it sounded very on time. Let it snow. Oh, I don't care. Let it snow. I'm ready for it. All right, all right. Oh, the weather outside is frightful, but that fire is delightful. Since we've no place to go, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. It doesn't show signs of stopping, and I've brought some corn for Bob. The lights are dimmed way down low. Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. When we finally say goodnight, oh, I'll hate going out of the storm. But if you'll only hold me tight. And all the way home I'll be warm fire is slowly dying And my dear, we're still goodbye As long as you love me so Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow That sounded good. That wasn't the worst. So I and like even to this day, like this was years ago, pre-throat surgery. This was before TWFS, and even uh, like just hearing the the way that I sing. That's how I sing now. Like if anybody was like, "Hey, let's do karaoke," I'm picking crooner songs. I'm just uh, as long as I can kind of talk, sing. I'm gonna do that. That's about my range. That's how I normally will do it. I'm, I'm not one of these men that can pretend to be a singer. I can't do it, all right? I, I learned it at a young age. I was not made for singing. It wasn't going to happen for me. So I, I don't have any mixtapes. I don't have any albums. This is where it ended for me was these Christmas albums. Uh, and then me singing karaoke, obviously, uh, some of the early days of Leedies, I think. When I was writing solo, I would just be in the in that storage closet just singing karaoke because Nathan donated enough bits on Twitch. Uh, let's take a look at Winter Fun. Now, this is a rap song. Now, for those who are unaware, 
and every, everyone listening on the podcast, and this has been requested by people. So that's, that's the other thing, uh, Trovo audience. This was requested by people. People wanted me to go through some of the old Christmas songs, play them out, try not to interrupt them too much, almost like a radio show. I could never imagine me trying to be a disc jockey now, but that was my dream at one point in my life. So let's go through. I want to hear Winter Fun. This was a children's book that my brother had. It was about pe- it had like a penguin on the cover, and he had big googly eyes, and it rhymed. Obviously, a lot of children's books rhyme, so this one rhymed, and we just kind of put a beat behind it, and we and then literally the chorus totally freeballed. We literally had nothing written down for a chorus, and just jumped right in and decided to. All right, here we go. Winter fun. We'll just we'll say it over and over again. Oh my gosh! Yeah, all right. Yeah, we we back Record again. scratch. We're gonna break it down for you a little something like this, get a little Christmas magic going. This yo, is cultural appropriation. Yo, and me the beat master mini man, we're gonna break it down right now, y'all, so check this out. Winter time is here again. The cold crisp air feels nice. And with our This is cultural appropriation out of here. Fishing on the ice. Next we play a hockey game. With our sticks we glide. We hit the puck across the ice. See how it can slide. <laughs> hit that note really well. Violent J. Gino, Violent J. Winter days are wonderful. Filled with giggles and thrills. Winter fun. Winter fun has to. Winter fun. Winter fun has to. Winter fun. Little winter fun never hurt anyone. That song is too short. If we could get that beat, just to sit like a, that, that beat again. We might be able to put together like a longer track. We get some more verses in there. That chorus is perfect, though. We're not changing that, okay? Everything about that is fantastic. Really big fan of the Winter Fun chorus. So, yeah, amazing. I, mean, I remember that, like, that whole day. I remember we used to do – now, Christmas stories, everybody. Uh, we used to, like, make presents for people because we didn't have money. You know, it wasn't – like, when you're kids, it's not like you want to buy everybody in your family gifts – so we found it easier to, to make stuff. And, like, we would always make, like, chocolate-covered pretzels or chocolate-covered licorice. Like, we would always be making something because it would be cheaper to just buy a bunch of raw materials and then make a gift out of that. And one year, I don't even remember how it happened, we just decided, hey, why don't we just make a Christmas album and we'll bring it to the Christmas party tonight and give the album out. Like, it literally, this might have been the 23rd or the 24th of that year. I'm pretty sure it was Christmas Eve because we did our Christmas Eve as a family at night. So maybe we did this. I feel like it was all same day because I remember recording like seven or eight tracks. Uh, I remember my mom buying like those CD labels and we, we printed out the CDs and stuck them on the on the actual CDs and put it in disc and wrapped it and everybody got a Christmas album. And like that, the reaction that we got was was insane. It was so like... Because they knew it was going to be bad, and we knew it was going to be bad. And Winter Fun was such a big hit. Everybody loved that. Let It Snow went really well. First Noel, I sang horribly. I think I even tried to do it later on. 
Like I re-recorded uh, First Noel like it was going to be better. Like, no, I could do this. It's going to be great. And I can't sing, so I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. Like, let's just try it again. Um, so, yeah, a lot of these tracks, like I, I, I remember the Christmases. I remember what we were doing. I even remember one of these Christmases we were in Ohio and we made it like the day before Christmas Eve because we didn't – I mean, there was no planning really. It was – we would do these in like four hours. It was just a good time that like my brother and I would sit there and, and put something like this together. Um, let me see what else we got. I know that everybody likes the We're Elves track. So I think we should be all right to hear a little We're Elves. I think so. We're Elves was definitely recorded in Ohio. So that's volume three. That was probably 2010 when we did the one in Ohio. Did you do the 2010 or yeah, it had to be 2010 because that's when I that's when I got kicked out of college. So it must be We're Elves. You give me that beat again, we can make it better. We can do it longer. We can have more fun with that track. The We're Elves track. Which is just one of us screaming, we're elves, and cranking that changing that pitch real loud. going Putting all kinds of effects that we could to get that high pitch. We're elves, pointy ears, pointy shoes. Such a good time. And like, So whenever Christmas rolls around, I get asked, like, is there going to be another... Uh, Van Vliet Christmas album and obviously it's been many years like this whole thing could have been a big unveiling now that I'm saying all this out loud I should have been making a Christmas album this whole time Um, having a child really cut into my Christmas song making abilities Um, but yeah all of this stuff was such a good time and it was such an easier way for us to like really have a good time giving giving something to people because making like snacks and everything yeah it was cool but 
this was like us. Like this felt really like this is us. We, we, we're singing these songs poorly. Like Dylan's a better singer than I. Everybody knows that. But yeah, hearing just hearing like us put this shit together is still like why and how and I know that it's probably not as fun for everyone else or funny to everyone else. But yeah, my brother and I made fucking Christmas songs for our family very poorly done and we had such a good time doing it I feel so uh, let's do one more let's do one more and then we will get to some hashtags and we will get to some headlines it is Christmas time stuff has happened in the world we're not alone everybody and Geezy's on here maybe we bring in Gino earlier he's enjoying his NXT I told him top of the hour maybe we take him at the bottom of the hour but let's go ahead and let's listen to one more Christmas track so there's there's a lot that I'm looking at here. I don't see my Starship song. So I know that that's out there in the ether somewhere. I believe it is on my SoundCloud. So if you go to SoundCloud.com slash there is a Reindeer or Meant to Fly song that will blow your that will knock your block off. I could have sworn it was on this list, though. Let's just hit this song, see what happens. Is this the Cup song? From uh, Pitch Perfect. I got my ticket for Christmas time. <laughs> Two bottles of eggnog for the I was. Wind. This was definitely more recent. And I sure would like to see a Christmas tree. And some reindeer on a rooftop. What do you say? Christmas songs. Christmas songs. I need to hear some Christmas songs. I need to hear some Christmas cheer like Really on beat brought to here. Oh, I need to hear some Christmas songs. I also like I also like hearing the me listening to this track just putting the under the under vocals in there kind of just Christmas songs Christmas songs like I'm there's two guys in that room all right it's me and then me listening to what I did earlier listening to what a fucking idiot Christmas songs Christmas songs I need to hear some Christmas songs. I need to spread some Christmas cheer loud and clear. Brought to here, oh, I need to hear some Christmas songs. I've got my ticket for Christmas Town, the one with the prettiest lights. It's got reindeer, it's got snow, it's got happiness you wouldn't know, but there's some kind of magic on Christmas night. All rhymed. Christmas songs. Good job. Christmas songs. I need to hear some Christmas songs. I need to hear some Christmas cheer loud and clear for all to hear. Oh, we need to hear some Christmas songs. Christmas songs. Christmas songs. I need to hear some Christmas songs. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Oh, we need to hear some Christmas songs. I think I crushed it. I don't care what you fuckers say. I see it all out there. I see it. Maybe we can get Kevin to play some of this tomorrow during the whole effing show after AEW Dynamite, which I went to last week, by the way, and had an amazing fucking time. So uh, there are more Christmas songs to be had. Maybe I will do. Just like a, like a, not a, I don't know. I'll, I'll figure it out. I will get more of these songs out to the public because there has been a weird amount of request to get the, these Christmas tracks out there. And I know a lot of it is like my family and a lot of old friends who re- remember this era and want these at their fingertips. So I got that SoundCloud. Go listen to a Nicki Minaj song. It's on there. Enjoy it. <laughs> 
So my brother is going to be here tomorrow, everybody. It's Christmas time. My brother's coming here. He's going to be here for Christmas Day. It's a huge, huge uh, monu- monumentous occasion for, for my mom. She's really excited. Uh, thought about bringing him in here. Thought it would be a cool idea. I don't really have a setup, though, that's conducive to two people. Because even as I'm looking at it on, like, Trova right now, maybe if I had two microphones, <laughs> like, looking at, the, looking at the, the mic or the camera right there, and he could sit, like, right there, Maybe there's room. There's room for another person right there, right? There's a cooler right there. You guys can't see that, but there's a cooler on the ground. Maybe there is an opportunity to bring in another human being. We just need another microphone, another scissor thing. Uh, I got another microphone port. I got to get some sort of a headphone get up. But, yeah, we can bring somebody in here, but, we, you know, we'll see. All right? He's got to bring his own shit. I'm even looking at Amazon. I got to buy a new, uh, a new aux cord. This one's not working. Producers, help me. Um... But, yeah, I'm excited to have my brother here. It's going to be a good time. And he's, you know, they're so opposite when it comes to, like, politics and just kind of beliefs and stuff like that. So it's kind of fun to have them here because it is, hey, we get to mix it up, all right? You break bread with all kinds of people. So I can't wait to see uh, I can't wait to see my little bro. So I will not I will be here, okay? Don't worry everybody. Don't fret. I heard everybody fretting. I will be here after AEW Dynamite with Kev Be Cool. I'm going to watch Dynamite. Uh, maybe miss the first, maybe I missed the opening MJF promo maybe, but um, I can't wait. AE, going to AEW live was so fun. So fucking fun. The fans there are the biggest wrestling nerds ever. But again, this is stuff that we can talk about when we have Sonic Gino on the line. So no, there's no geezy, like I said, but I got to be honest, you guys, I really needed him because I fucked that parlay pretty good. That parlay was useless. How do the Dallas Cowboys lose? And how do they lose as poorly as they did? Goodness gracious. I could not believe the Dallas Cowboys lost that game to uh, to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, I know the Jags, everyone's calling them that team that nobody wants to play right now. Nobody wants to play the Jacksonville Jaguars, am I right? Like, why, why would you? Who would want to? So I get what people are trying to say, like, oh, this is a, this is one of the best teams in the NFL, and they're hot. Trevor Lawrence is finally developing into something, but not no. So we lost like fourteen dollars from last week. Oh, boohoo! We wagered thirty, so we only lost half what we wagered. So th- at those odds, we're looking pretty damn good. But what I'd like to do is go game by game. I'd like to put together the parlay before Sonic Gino joins me. And we talk some wrestling. So. Again, this is Christmas time. I wanted to have a little Christmas time to myself, listen to some of my old songs, put together my parlay, and then we'll get Gino on here. There's no Geezy. I miss Geezy. He's having some issues at work. We all go through him, buddy, all right? Fucking step up. So, <laughs> step up, bro. So let's take a look at the NFL slate of games. What a great weekend of football we just had, by the way. Um, the Raiders picking up a huge dub because of one of the dumbest plays in NFL history. I cannot believe that a Patriots team – would make would have that like Jacoby Myers throwing the ball back for like twenty yards. Just go, you guys are going to win in overtime. You have Bill Belichick and and we have Josh McDaniels. You're going to win in overtime. Why why make that decision to throw it like that? That was a very Raiders decision. So I know playing in Vegas, some teams get confused. So and that's what we saw there. So I'm not touching this Thursday game between the Jaguars and the Jets. As you can tell, money line is even money. There's no spread. Throw a fucking dart into a candle, and who knows what happens. Nobody knows who's going to win that game. Um, Falcons and Ravens. The Ravens, even with Tyler Huntley, I don't know if Lamar's coming back. 
I always bet on these Falcons, and they always let me down. So since we're building, since I want to do like, you know what? Let's just build a parlay. I'm going to go Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. The Falcons have not impressed me in any iota. I think they're done with Mariota. I think he's even, he even like retired. Oh, well, if I'm not going to play, I'm out. Fuck you guys. I think that's kind of what happened. I don't think he even lost the starting job. I just think they got, they just got bored with him. And they were, well, we don't really see a future with Marquez. <clears throat> so we're out. We're just going to move on. And for him, he's out too. Fine, you don't see a future of me. I'm fucking gone. I'm I'm heading. I'll catch you on down the road. Um, Bills and Bears. Oh, hold on, guys. Is there no? I had to sneeze so bad, and as soon as I was like preparing you guys to, <laughs> oh, oh my goodness. See, without Geezy, that's rough. Without Gino, that's rough. I don't know how to break up those sneezes. There's nothing in the way. Um, Bills and Bears. Bills are gonna win. Uh, there's no reason the Bears should win. The Bears play tough randomly, but I was kind of hoping they would beat the Eagles, like or at least show me they had an opportunity to do so, and they don't. They're a couple. They're maybe two or three years away from really, from really making an impact and being a team that you can place a wager on. I bet on them to beat the Lions earlier in the year, and they messed that up. So never again. Bengals are Bengals and Patriots. This could be a Patriots rebound game, but I'm gonna go Bengals. Uh, Lions and Panthers. Lions are just playing inspired. Peyton Manning. He like did some he reversed the curse or some shit. Lions are a winning football team. They're gonna keep it that way. The Texans have been playing way too tough for comfort. Way too tough. They almost beat the Cowboys. They almost beat the Chiefs. And Tennessee has not been that threatening. I put money on Tennessee to win the AFC South. And every week I'm watching the Jaguars get better and better. I'm watching the Texans not get blown out like we all thought they would throughout the entire season. And uh, the Colts with Jeff Saturday for some reason, although they just blew that huge 33-point lead, I still look at the Colts as just as good as the Titans. What happened to Tennessee? Like last year, two years ago, like remember when they beat Tom Brady in that put in like Brady's final like Patriot game? I just remember watching that thing, and these Titans are for real. Tannehill looks really good, and I know they don't have A.J. Brown. Is that the miss? Is that all it is, like that one missing link? Like they don't have a star receiver. They don't have a, a just get your safety, get a corner, get a linebacker all on this one guy. Now that they don't have that, Traylon Burks can't stay healthy, and he's not even that good. It's hard to bet money on Tennessee right now, and I'm going to not for this game. Saints and Browns, not touching that. I, even though it seems like the Browns are one of these teams now that seems to be rebounding and rebuilding, and they got to Sean Watson finally, so now they can see what this offense looks like. But the Saints are also that team that shut out the Raiders. So I don't know who's going to show up. Um, I don't know what's going to happen there. Giants and Vikings. Giants coming off uh, the victory, I believe, over the Commanders. Vikings coming off that huge comeback. The Giants play tough, though, and the Vikings, if they fuck around, they will blow this game. The Giants are still good enough to win these kind of games. I think Brian Dable's in a great job. I thought Daniel Jones was the worst, and apparently he's not. Apparently he's not the worst. He's hanging in there. He's not terrible. I'm going to go ahead and put this Kansas City game to bed, put the put them over the Seahawks, clinch the division, but they are playing for the, the one seed still, I believe. So this is a must win for Kansas City. They need to get, keep winning as much as they can. The Niners, for some reason, are good. So Brock Purdy, that whole squad, they're going to keep the, that train rolling there. Cowboys and Eagles, I know that Carter Minshew is, is starting, okay? I know that. We all know that. How are we supposed to 
how? How are we supposed to just go? And yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we definitely think that the the Cowboys are not going to fuck this up. Minshew might show up and play the game of his life. So it's almost impossible for me to want to side with the Cowboys. And I, and I bet on the Cowboys last week and they fucked me. So that's absolutely my head is not leaning towards uh, putting money on the Dallas Cowboys. So let's look at the Raiders and the Steelers here. Um, I want to pick Raiders. The Steelers are the favorite. I'm picking Raiders. Fuck you guys. Are you serious? So I got a 17 parlay. Let's say we put 10 bucks on that. That payout's $141. That doesn't seem like enough, though, right? We're putting seven games down. I guess we pick mostly favorites. So normally you got to pick some. That's why the dog lays are better. But let's go ahead and put this 10 bucks down. We'll win 141 if it happens. I'll put together an underdog parlay later on, maybe. I like to kind of, you know, right before the game start, I just, what happened? What news stories have broken? Maybe things have changed. Put together the underdog parlay. I, I would put Raiders on the underdog parlay. Probably put. Um, probably put the Giants on an underdog parlay. So there's some options there uh, where absolutely we can make an impact. So what we will do, speaking of making an impact, let's call Chino. Let's get him on the line. He is our he's our number one uh, wrestling watcher. He's the wrestling journalist, okay? I'm just a poser. I claim to be a wrestling journalist. Gino is 100% a wrestling journalist. Chino, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. This is an amazing Tuesday, and I'm just really excited to talk about some professional wrestling with my good buddy, Vlitis. Dude, there's so much professional wrestling, too. That's what I love about this. Is there's there's always there's always too much wrestling. So I'm glad that you're here, Gino, because you're probably watching more of it than I. I, I was watching a video that you and Kevin hey, did. What? Oh, thank you, Kaz. See, Gino shows up. Elixir Bomb show up because Gino is money, right? Um, so I was watching... Um, a little video, Austin Theory's asshole. That was something that I never thought would happen. Um, can you just tell me why? Why did it happen? I have no idea why it happened, but at least it happened. It's something that is legitimate. It's real. Unlike the allegations with that 16-year-old, which were all fake, and people just wanted to make him look bad. I do remember that, those allegations that they were putting together. That was a little bit silly. Hey, what, he had his arm around some girl. Why don't you guys chill out for a little bit? Um, I don't even remember that whole story. But why did he have the asshole? Does he have an OnlyFans thing too? Does every person have an OnlyFans? He might have some type of premium type of content that this came out there from whatever he did years back when he was in Evolve and all the other indies he was doing. So Mandy Rose is no longer getting a paycheck from WWE, but apparently she's making, uh, what, $500,000 in seven or in seven days with her like fan time app or whatever, like you can FaceTime with, with Mandy Rose and for, so she's made $500,000, you know, um, we're horny wrestling fans. Is this women empowerment or is this toxic masculinity? Where, where is that line? Cause in my head, this sounds wrong. That's so much money for guys that want to just see these chicks cooter, but apparently that's what she wants, right? Well, especially like after her getting released the way she did and Shawn Michaels finding out because Matt Bloom somehow found out and told him. So he had all this shit. At least she's making the money she never was able to make it there to be being that 500000 I'm sure she maybe was close to a million, but never as close as this with all this money so quick in just less than a month. But even Matt Bloom finding out, like it's not like it's on some secret service. It's on it's OnlyFans. Like this is something that everybody's aware of. 
like everybody like they had to know she was on it. She works with guys that probably had subscriptions to her OnlyFans. Is that is that a narrative that's out there that she was keeping it a secret? I thought everybody knew. And then it didn't get super publicized until she was going around telling people to stop telling people that I'm on OnlyFans. Which can that might be like at least either that or the leaks is the other possibility what people present is that because it leaked out and went on to other sites outside of OnlyFans is why she got releasing it. I'm not entirely sure and I don't really care because Mandy Rose getting released it sucks but at least something big did happen in wrestling last night that I'm excited about. Well, in staying with Mandy Rose, like isn't this only good for her career? Like she's definitely going to end up somewhere like – She's a hot commodity. She's a hot chick. We were chanting for her at AEW. Like that's everybody there was. We want Mandy. Like I was. I, I watched it back. You couldn't hear the "We want Mandy" chants. You know, but they were there. Trust me. I'm sure they were there. I'm sure at least we could probably hear them in Dark Elevation. I haven't had a chance to watch all of Dark Elevation. Find out the chance. Yeah, I didn't watch say. it all either, dude. So yeah, Gino, I did go to AEW though. So. Uh, I I I've, I went to the first one they did in Dallas in 2019, right before the pandemic. That was a fun show. I thought there were problems with the audio. It felt a little minor leak because it was at Curtis Colwell and not American Airlines. Totally different experience this time. This was so much fun. This was one of the greatest wrestling events I've ever been to, and I like I was so excited. I'm like a hack when you're there live, and I have answers for Kevin too. I know why FTR is over. Because they look like all the fucking people there. Everybody there looked like FTR. So it, it's they were not cosplaying. That's just what they look like. When you go to the merch table, it was the Elite, FTR, or the Acclaimed. Only three shirts they fucking had. I'm going up there like, hey, do you guys have any Ricky Starks? And they're like, nah, it's just these three. It's like, so, hey, we're the number one shirt sales. Yeah, there's only three shirts to buy. Like, I almost bought an FTR shirt. There was nothing else to buy. I didn't want the elite shirt. I was like, ah, the acclaim shirt's kind of whack. Scissor me, daddy. I don't. Wanna, I don't want that. I almost got FTR because it was the. That's why they're over. They have the the least worst shirt out of the three available at the merch tent. So all of us want are tricking ourselves into liking FTR because it's the only shirt there. Like I remember when I went the first time and I got my Hangman shirt. I think I got my Lucha Brothers shirt. I was all in. Like you guys got all these amazing shirts. I'm buying as many as I can. Three shirts, Gino. What is that? I mean, who knows what happens with pro wrestling tees and their hour tees like to print out everything to get everything ready for them to be able to ship. Like they should prepare like a week in advance be like, hey, let's just get a shit ton of like all the different sizes of at least the top stars. But they're like, no, two tag teams and a group. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get that. No single stars. Because even if you had a sting shirt, we would have bought it. Like we wanted some sort like and you know, the fans there like I was hack, right? I wanted to see Chris Jericho. That was the one guy that I really, really wanted to see. I've seen Chris Jericho before, but I'm taking I took Ralph, I took my four and a half year old son to wrestling, and I thought like, dude, how full circle is it that when I was a kid I went and saw Chris Jericho and now Ralphie gets to go see Chris Jericho. Ricardio even bought money or he gave me money to buy an impact wrestling micro brawler which turned into an AEW figure of Chris Jericho as the pain maker. So, so full circle. I was happy to see Jericho and he put on, he made sure I went home happy. I feel he, I, he personally made sure that I left that night. unbelievably happy. That action and dready match. Like I watched it back on TV. It comes off. Awesome. We're, we're like a soccer crowd. It's it, 
we were so into that stupid match because I think all of us were – and I wasn't drunk. I want to point that out. I didn't even have any drinks. The row in front of us was definitely partaking. They were definitely drunk. The guys next to me definitely took Ritalin or something. They were zoned in, man. They were like the nerdiest – they were nerdier than you, you know, when it comes to like wrestling. Like you wouldn't do the stuff these guys are doing in public. They like after, Like I forget what match it was. I think it was like Cesaro won. They started doing banger after banger after banger. Like they kept doing that really loud. And everybody's like looking at him like, Ugh. like I know when Seamus does it, it's okay because there's loud music. You guys are doing it and it's really quiet in here. Like you guys trying to start a banger chant. So there were some douchebags there, Gino, but the section overall was good. But watching that action and Dreddy match back, uh, you know, I watched it on demand. We were so awesome. Did we come across as a good audience? I felt like especially that match, the crowd did add to the match. It added to the story that they were trying to tell, even though it was still Jericho getting himself over by being able to be like, oh, look, I can put over a jobber and make him look good. It's me. See, Jericho is such a good guy after all these weeks and weeks of dominating and beating any Ring of Honor former champion. Now he looks so nice because he lost to a jobber. How nice of Chris Jericho. It's all making him look good. Dude, Great it was awesome. I don't think it made him look good. He lost to some fucking jobber. What a loser. He even said, oh, like, I'm going to beat some jobber tonight to get a win back. And then being there live, so fantastic. Because, And by the way, you sound like someone who didn't go to Dynamite. Right? You're all cynical. Ooh, Jericho. No one cares about Ring of Honor, okay? We watched Dark Elevation, and Wheeler Yuta and Cesaro are holding their belts like, we're Ring of Honor champs. Like, you guys suck. Get back on that Dark Elevation. Stay on Dark Elevation, all right? I'm going to watch Jericho. So Jericho and Andretti have this amazing ma uh, match, right? The announcers, when they say, like, and in the ring, we didn't hear what he, they said. No one heard what they said. I don't know if they did that on purpose, but everybody was kind of like, I think they said something in Dreddy or like, like Mario and Dreddy. We all just kept joking like, oh, the racer, the race car driver. We love Mario and Dreddy. Where's the pot for Mario and Dreddy? So we were being the worst fans. But then, uh, you know, this match is going on and dude, like what a fun match. We're all just chanting. Let's go jobber. We're doing the claps. My favorite part though is when we did the. Oh, let's go, jobber. Like, I never thought I'd be a part of one of those, let alone for a jobber, let alone for somebody that I didn't know the name of. So when he won, Gino, I mean, I like I can't, I'm not exaggerating. Okay, When he kicked out of the code breaker, I had tears in my eyes. I was holding my son. All my, I had two of my buddies there. I had these strangers who didn't take their Ritalin, and we were just, like, high-fiving each other, like, crying so into this moment. Nothing else mattered in our lives, okay? None of us are battling depression. None of us have bills to pay. None of us have a newborn at home that we're trying to feed. None of us had any of that. All that mattered was Action and Dreddy kicked out of a code breaker, dude. Some nobody kicked out of the code breaker. And then he did a running shooting star press and won. And, dude, like, literally, we're all crying, like, tears in everyone's eyes. This kid did it. He's on the stage. And I, when you watch it live, they cut to commercial before you can hear us chant, you deserve it. Like, we were losing our minds, Gino. You weren't losing your mind. You were like, oh, look, Jericho put over the jobber. That's something I was basically very cynical because I wasn't there. If I was there live, <laughs> I know I would have enjoyed it the fucking hell and back. That's why I know I'm going to make it fucking happen somehow to go to hard to kill in January and have that experience with these amazing matches that hopefully we will have where I will get to see Speedball Mike Bailey, probably the best professional wrestler today, live and in person. Dude, I, I just, just, when you're there though, you have to do, 
oh, let's go, speedball. Like, you have to do one of those because there's, there's nothing more fun in the world than that. It's official. Like, I did that. I got to be a part of one of those. Oh, so awesome, Gino. So that part was awesome. Now, when we talk about the ladies' matches, they did this on purpose. I was exhausted. Like, we were, like, literally crying, all high-fiving. Once we sat down, we were like, oh, my gosh. Woo! What a show this dynamite is. And then guess what happens next, you know? I believe it was Ruby Soho comes up. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Why did they put the women after that? We were so worn out. I remember when uh, Rancid hit, right? Ruby Soho. And I've been listening to so much Rancid. I, I'm, I've done a 180 on Rancid. They're fantastic. I'm jumping out of my seat with Ralph trying to get everyone into it. Nobody gives a fuck. Nobody cares. Um, the two guys next to me were talking about moving like, Hey, when rampage starts, let's try and get on TV. Like they were trying to figure that out. I look over at, uh, my friends, Graham and David, and they both say, remember when she was Ruby riot? Like they were talking about like WWE shit. And I was like, no destination. I was trying to sing it. Nobody cared. So even I sat down like embarrassed, like fine, fuck you guys. Nobody likes this. And that match was so boring. It was the same as I've seen two of these women's matches, Gino Emmy Sakura versus Big Swole is definitely still worse than Ruby. Ruby Soho and Ty had a fine match. We just didn't care because we were so tired. It's been, that's the whole thing that sucks about AEW. They always put it in the same spot. When you see that 930 hit, ah, oh, shit, here comes the women's match. They know it's going to be the downfall of their show. They have the women's match plus two women's promos, and no one gives a shit about it. It just drops them down because everyone's tired. Everyone's like, okay, we got to give up. Now the main event's not worth it. We know who's going to win. Let's move on. We even had trouble getting up for the Ricky Starks match. I, mean, I think we did get into it eventually, but Rick, did he bot? What's that move he kept botching? What did he keep botching? The, Ro the Rochambeau? Yes, his finisher, the Rochambeau, he kept on trying to set it up, but MJF kept on countering it. That's why I considered MJF was smarter than Ricky because Ricky was hurt. That's where his botch. Yeah, well, like he, Rick, Ricky did a great job, but the, the the second botch of that, people started booing. Like it was kind of weird. Like why is he fucking up his own move? Why does that keep happening? Um, and yeah, that was that was really off putting, Mister Stocks. We were confused why you kept doing that. Um, the main event was good, though, right? I liked that MJF match. I thought MJF came off as, you know, he still comes off as a dick. Um, he got the big dub. And then when T-Bry came out, dude, we were freaking out. Because earlier in the night, they showed the BCC without Brian D. Danielson. And we were thinking, is he no longer part of the BCC? Like, why isn't he there? So then when he came out at the end, we were like, let's go! So that was cool. It was nice to see Brian at the end and MJF winning with the low blow, just a simple finish that should be a finish in a match for a heel like MJF. Even though it was blatant and the referee saw it right in front of his face, and there's oh, no way he didn't see it, but they didn't want to call it DQ. Oh, we didn't notice that he saw it. We thought it was, oh, what a dastardly heel, damn it. Now, I didn't watch Rampage, but did Moxley versus um, Sammy go on first or last when you watch Rampage? It was first on Rampage. Wow, okay, because... You have to wait like 20 or 30 minutes, which I thought was kind of stupid. Like, we're here. Give us the show. They give you ample time to leave. Everybody left. So, every, like, we're sitting there, like, because I wanted to see Hangman. So, I was like, okay, I'm, I wore my Hangman shirt, cowboy shit. I was just sitting there patiently waiting for Hangman. And during Dynamite, Moxley did say, like, and Hangman, I know whenever I'm having a match, you're somewhere around. So, they kind of teased it, like, hey. Texas, you came for Hangman? You got to fucking wait for Rampage. 
So it was a good idea. But then when it was Mox versus Sammy first, I thought, oh, this is the this is the main event. This is where Mark Henry says, and now it's time for the main event. Do they do that still? Yeah, they still do it. The main event was the best friends and Dustin against Trent Seven and Kip Sabian and his group of friends. They did try and set that up for us to stay around and watch, but we, we left. We, after Hangman, my son was tired. I was tired. We were getting out of there. FTR's music hit, and that's why we were at the merch tent. So that was the other thing is, like, their music hits, the place erupted. Like, Gino, like, Road Warriors were coming out. Like, this is the number one team in wrestling history. Them getting that reaction makes me hate them more. I'm with Kevin now. Like, why the fuck does everyone like these guys this much? Like, if Crime Time had come out, I would make that sound that they were making. Like, if Shad was back from the dead, that would be the reaction. If La Resistance came out, I would probably give a reaction. But the sounds that these guys... Like, you would have thought Action Andretti was coming back out. Like, it was so weird. Like, why Why did they get... Do, do, are you still of the mindset that they're, like, the greatest tag team today? Briscoes are the greatest tag team. They're number two. FTR is number two, you say? Yes, FTR is number two because they lost the Briscoes. I think FTR is in the top ten, but they're not in the top five. Like that's, And I don't think Briscoes are either, although their match was good. I like a double dog collar match as much as the next guy, but you can't wrestle three times in one year on television and be in the top one. So I'm with the Usos. I'm a PWI boy, I guess. I like the Usos. I like the Street Profits. I hate Top Dollar. What's the name of their tag team? What is that called? It's still hit row, but they are the OG three. Dude, they are the worst. Why are they the worst? What is the, like? Next time I go to SmackDown, I'm gonna sit there and go, "Whoa, let's go, jobbers!" And I'm gonna be talking about those three because they suck. They're not like they used to be. They do need swerve, or at least to push and make him a single star of the man Ashanti the Adonis. He could be a major single star if or, they have this group behind him. Or B Fab could be a, like a, a real star. But, they, they, yeah, they can't decide what they're doing with this. Like, Oh, it's a black pit of emotion. Um, but they suck. They're the worst. So, But they weren't on Rampage. FTR was, okay? And they got a huge pop. I was shocked. Also, when they were hyping up, it's it's fun to be in the arena because all of us were doing our Excalibur impressions, all right? Me and the guy next to me and the dude next to me who didn't take his Ritalin, he was also a little person. So I kind of, you know, he's a little person. It's fine. Ralphie did not know how to react to that. He had not ever seen a little person or met a little person before. So it was kind of cool. Like, you know, Ralphie was, like, having fun with this. He was a nice guy. It wasn't like he was bad. I sat next to the perfect people. They were so into wrestling, and they had a great time. The, the banger after banger thing was weird. But it was fun to be next to people that were actually excited to be there. So they made it really fun. They were giving Ralphie high fives and stuff, too. Like, they got it. They were probably 30, and they probably worked at Krogs, but they were awesome. And if you're listening to this now, you guys were awesome. I really loved going to wrestling with you guys. Let's go to TSW, Texas Style Wrestling, next time they're recording shows. Which, Gino, by the way. Thank you, Macho Punk. If you're a Texas Style Wrestling, some indie show, don't tell me all your tickets are 50 bucks because I'm going to be on TV. That doesn't make me excited. Gino, I'm on Trovo.Live every Tuesday and Wednesday. Are they really trying to use that as a, well, no, you need to pay us. This is like Dixie Carter booking something. You need to pay us money. You need to pay us money because you're going to be on TV. They got a big TV deal. They want to use it as to their advantage. Not every company has TV. Antonio Brown spell from Cassidy. Thank you so much. You don't think every, because 
they're on TV. They're on like CW thirty three or something. They're on like local channels, all right? They're not they're not nationwide. It's Texas style wrestling, and they record six episodes at a time. I'm sure it's amazing. But yeah, how can you say a fifty dollars because they're all ringside? Like I just want to bring my son. So for me to bring my son to your show, it's a hundred bucks. Like who am I gonna see? Who's your biggest star? Uh, Moonshine Mantel's there, but there's no Blood Hunter. How come World Class Pro only runs in Kansas City now? Why are they leaving Texas? But I thought that was ridiculous. How can you say that? How can you say, yeah, our t- you're going to be on TV. No one gives a shit about being on TV, especially being on CW33. It's true. No one really cares when they should be caring about being on Access TV. That's when they'd be the big deals, and that's when you really can put like 50 to $60 a ticket. How come these Access TV, this, this channel is all concerts and shit? Did you ever, have you ever accidentally been on Access TV? It's just concerts. Yeah, I remember like there was one where I just decided because I saw like Bowling for Soup was live, and then after that was fucking uh, what was it, Rise Against. I was like, you know what, this would be great. <laughs> Put on this here, these concerts, and then all of a sudden wrestling. Also, what the fuck? Yeah, those awesome. are the two I things that, the that's the two thing that that channel gets, is that, and that's it. So, um, I, I so what I was about to say about Excalibur, I was doing my awesome Excalibur impression, and I this Friday night on Rampage, like people were loving me. I was hilarious, and then. Uh, they showed Wardlow's picture, right? They just put his picture up, like, in action on Rampage. The place erupted. So I thought the Wardlow chants were fake. I thought people weren't, I thought we were all kind of sick of like, oh, this guy's not even as big as Ryback. He's not as big as Goldberg. He's not as big as Brock. Why are they taking this Ty Dillinger and treating him like he's this monster? So I always thought that, I thought that was weird. I thought we were all sick of him. No, dude. I thought we liked the Young Bucks. We're like flippy shit. We like uh, who else said it? We like action and dready. Why are we suddenly popping for Wardlow and FTR? These guys are the worst. It's because War Dogs one of the best big men AEW have right now. Probably their best big man that's on television regularly. But also, I would be surprised. Like you didn't want to stay for Rampage to see Dustin Rhodes, your household name, your local star to BLB in the main event. It's sad you didn't want to see your local boy. Nah, he's not top. even local. He's from Austin. Fuck him. Like that's the other thing is he pretends he's a Dallas boy. They also didn't really promote that match really well to the live audience. They didn't tell us what was last. They did like a little backstager on on Dynamite. But it wasn't even clear to the audience if that was this Friday or when that was. We were also wondering, isn't Paige having a tag match next week or something? How come that match is booked so far out? What is that? It's because we got to have Wrestle Kingdom and have people tease the idea that it's going to be Sasha Banks and Sasha's going to be at Wrestle Kingdom Night 1. Is she going to be there for real? Yeah, Sasha is going to be in New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom Night 1, January 4th. Is this confirmed, or is this like a Gino, like, you heard you heard this? There are multiple reports that say that she's <laughs> going to be in Wrestle Kingdom. So I would assume with multiple reports confirming it to the point that she's going to be there, she's going to be there. Dude, Mandy Rose was the champion for so freaking long. What was that, 413 days she was champion? That just lost the belt on NXT. Um it, but what was it? Was it the rating dicks? Like, what do you think that final straw was? It was that it all got leaked out online for everyone to see. It should have just stayed on OnlyFans. It would have been fine. But at least she lost to Roxanne Perez. It became a very special big moment for her, for Booker T, and all the stars of the future. There was That's not fair. There was so much. There was so much. Um, like, I don't know how to say this. There was. There was so much nudity already out there from her. We had already seen so much. What? Suddenly there was more that got out. and every, This was too far, Mandy. Oh, we saw your asshole. And we'd already seen it before. Like, what? There's, 
There wasn't. What was the? What was the one? There had to be one where she put like a flashlight in her vagina. There had to be something that made them go, "This is it. Like we can only get away with so much." You know, I, I, hey, I like to be edgy too. I wish I could be edgy more, but we got sponsors, and you know, my kids watch this product now, so we can't have you. Uh, we can't have you putting bananas in there. So, I, well, like, what was it? I have no idea. I've not seen all the images, everything that's out there, so I have to find out. We need to somehow get some form of person out there to reach out to Matt Bloom or Sean Mux to find out what was the straw that broke the camel's back, but still has the door open enough that she could come back for the room. So, and this is something interesting. So I watched a little bit of Raw last night. I just, you know, I was had some friends over when they left. I put Raw on. It looks like Raw drew its biggest like number in weeks. Is this is December, which I always thought was kind of a downtime for for wrestling. Um, I, I like from my experience back in like oh three oh four oh five. I never bought Armageddon. Like I just never bought Armageddon. That was the one pay per view of the year where it was either around Christmas or something. It was just I never had the urge to watch the December event, even TLCs. Like who gives a shit? Like when that was the December pay per view, we all kind of fell off a little bit. So I don't know. If that's a de- no. Hold on. If we're talking final resolution. For TNA, I mean, we're de- turning point when that was the December pay per view. We're getting those. Um, what do you think it is right now? Is Raw just getting better? Are because pe- I know people at work, people are watching wrestling now. It's no longer like, hey, I'm the one guy at work that watches wrestling. It's no, everybody at work is talking to me about wrestling. Like I went to AEW and people were upset that I didn't invite them. Like I was supposed to invite them to an event. So, what do you think it is? Is, is WWE hot? Is is it like how, you're the expert here, Gino? You're a wrestling journalist. You're an analyst. What do you think it is? Well, like for the past few weeks, we were in this very big downswing, and now we're finally back in an upswing for WWE. So it is like just a pendulum. It always does have these moments where it's ups and downs. And I think now, especially when we had built up for well for one week, this big ladder match, this double or nothing winner take all ladder match with Dexter and Miss, being like this could be <laughs> the conclusion of the storyline. We could finally move on. But it's become a new ripple in the story. It made the story even bigger now. People are more excited because of what happened in this double or nothing winner take all ladder match. Hulu Raw does not like Dexter or Miz anymore. Miz has found himself in the Nia Jax territory. I have no idea what he's up to. Like, I, I forgot that he was on the show. Hulu does a weird job of like, it'll really get you behind certain storylines and other, like other ones. I love when it cancels Judgment Day. I think that's fantastic. I don't have to watch Rhea versus Akira Tozawa. Like, I don't have to watch that. So, but, but sometimes they go, no, you do. This one's important. You're going to watch this one. Okay. You're not going to know what Titus worldwide is ever. All right. That was never on Hulu raw. I never, I missed that whole thing. You're going to forget there's a 24 seven championship. All right. That doesn't count. Okay. And did you notice Nikki didn't drop it in the trash can? I never noticed that. And then I was watching a botchamania where she missed the trash can. Do you think she did that on purpose? Is that belt coming back? I think it's never going to come back. But my favorite part from like social media and all that when she did drop it and botch it is Big Damo saying, no, she never played basketball. I don't know what to tell you. She didn't oh know how to do it. She couldn't make it into a fucking trash can. A new AEW trio featuring Angelico was introduced. Oh, we got to start watching Dark again, dude. Are you serious? Looks like Angelico, Luther, and Serpentico, your favorites, are all in one group, you know. I think I hate, I think I hate AEW again. Yes, I know it's going to be great. The SAP are together both for the Spanish announced team and for being the greatest project that AEW has right now. Oh my gosh, that sounds terrible. I can't wait. It's going to be it's going to be fantastic, Gino. You're so right. It's going to be amazing. So uh, I went to AEW. You're probably going to be going to Hard to Kill now. Last week, you and I wanted to talk some Impact Wrestling because I watched 
I didn't watch last Thursday, I don't think, but I watched two weeks ago when uh, Mike Bailey, because I, I was pissed watching this episode, all right? I was doing dishes, and Josh Alexander comes out, and he's like, and this, I actually kind of like this idea. It makes sense. Like, a lot of this episode was really well, really awesome. So Josh Alexander comes to the ring after being embarrassed by Bully Ray at the uh, the pay-per-view, and, or the premium live event, I'm so sorry. And he says, you know, I'm, I'm issuing an open challenge tonight, but I want it to be Bully Ray. And Bully, if I beat you tonight, you do not lose your championship match at Hard to Kill, but I just want to kick your ass, and I know the only way you're going to come out here is if I put the title on the line, so get out of here. So Bully sends like a pre-tape and says, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. And then Mike Bailey comes out, and I'm like, why would Mike Bailey answer the open challenge? Like In my head, and I assume in your head and everyone's head, this is Bound for Glory's main event. Like, why are we doing this? This is our biggest match. This is our number one X Division guy and our number one heavyweight singles wrestler. Why would we do this now? We need to build to this forever. Why are we doing a one-off on an Impact episode? And then I'm even looking at the, the time left on the episode, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be like a, a one-minute match. Like, or like, or it could be a 20-minute match because there's still other stuff they had announced on the show. So I thought, oh, what a waste. Why are you wasting this match? Gino, it was, it was amazing. It was one of the best matches I've ever seen. I stopped doing dishes. I had to go sit down and watch it with Ralph. It was so well done because uh, even uh, Tom Hannafin with – we are 40 minutes into this match. These guys are exhausted. And you didn't I didn't think it was going to be a draw until the last like 5 minutes. They start going like five, 5 minutes remaining. There are 5 minutes remaining. 4 minutes remaining. There are 4 minutes remaining. And you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, these guys are going to go to a draw. It's going to go to a draw." Nope. Josh Alexander, C4 spike, cover 1 2 3 with probably like 20 seconds left. Such a great fucking match. Such a great story. Like, why did I stop watching Impact? Is it the best? It is the best for these guys. So you were like, oh, the <laughs> roster sucks. No, it's not about the roster. It's the people who can fill that roster, make you feel these emotions. Have you realized that, yes, this is 2022. These are two of the best wrestlers, and they've never had this big match on a show like this in front of millions of people that could watch it, and they finally can. They got to see probably what is the best match of 2022. Yes, we had, like, Seth versus Roman. We had fucking... What was the big one? MJF, Punk, Dog Collar match. We had all these big matches, but none of them compare to at the end of the year where we have Mike Bailey versus Josh Alexander. Well, and it's in like this, you know, they wrestle in the closet. There's nobody there. And even the, like just watching, it felt, it, may, it reminded me of why I like that it's in a closet, okay? Because WWE are, and AEW have these huge arenas and there's this whole crowd and this atmosphere. This is the indie wrestling that I go see here in town. Like, I like to go watch these little shit kicker wrestling promotions, world class. Pro- I want to watch Bloodhunter kill a guy, okay? I want to watch Teddy Hart kill a guy. So it was really fun to go to watch this impact. I want to go now. Now I'm like, oh, I got to go. I got to go see one of these shows live. I have to go. You're going hard to kill? I am going to make my way to get to Hard to Kill and hopefully try to get to that Fallout show, too, if I can get all three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday off, so I can be ready and then sleep in Sunday and be ready to work on Monday. Hard to Kill 2023 Shop Impact. Can I buy tickets from there? Can you buy tickets from Shop Impact? I believe you, it goes to, like, Ticketmaster, so like it should be in Shop Impact or, like, Impact. You can see their events on the Impact website. How are they still producing DVDs? How come when you go to their website, they have the option for you to buy the Hard to Kill 2022 DVD. Is anybody picking that? Did you buy one, Gino? 
I haven't bought one yet, but actually at the same time, Paris, like, I could own at least, like, pieces of history, like the Kenny Omega, Will I, and, and uh, Rich Swan match, which I thought was Kenny Omega's best impact match. Dude, how do you buy, wait, you, you thought what was his best match? Rich Swan. When Rich Swan, like, you felt, like, the emotion that maybe Rich Swan could do it, but then that double V-trigger one, and then right after another when Rich Swan lost. We were all pretty match. much rooting for Rich, Rich Swan. Impact did that so well. I thought he was one of the worst world champions they've ever had. But when he was fighting Kenny, I was like, come on, Rich, for impact. Let's do it. I was a huge fan. You know what? Hard to kill. You know what's kind of rough about it? When you're trying to buy tickets for it, uh, Google thinks you want to buy tickets for the killers. Like, it really wants me to go see Brandon Flowers and the killers. I'm looking at prices. You know, I might go. I, it might be worth going. But, yeah, I remember I ran. We, I was looking up. It's, an, it's on the Impact website. You can see, like, their ticket sales and events. I saw, like, there's Hard to Kill. There's a few others, but I forget where else they're going. I don't think Wait, in Texas. Why, what, is, what is general general admission tickets? Why? Why are they general? Do I not get a seat? I just stand? It's just going to be in that general admission area. That's what I saw. Like, oh, there's only general admission tickets of the Atlanta Theater. So I'm like, okay, so I'm going to be a part of that big area, but I will not know which seat my ticket is until the day I go there. Yeah, I guess. that's a little sketchy. Why Why they do it this way? Why can't Why can't I know where I'm going to sit? Are there seats? That's like a concern at this point. Are, are you not giving me a seat? Because when you do general admission at, like, one of these shit kicker shows, um, you, you, like – you know where, like, hey, I know that the way this looks, this looks like it's in an auditorium. Like, here's the entrance ramp, and maybe we'll be seated. Maybe we'll be standing by the bar. What does this mean? Well, again, right there, that's actually like we. It is like a theater. So those are like, what is it? Like little uh, plastic chairs that you sit down on, and then the whole backstage is the actual theater which is where i was sitting during gcw was right where uh, is like so back there and we actually had the entrance was an e like that area where e is where that was the stairs to where they had the entrance so yeah, i guess what impact's going to do is have where the stage actually is is going to be where the ring in the shit is so, wow, yeah, so the rings there right in the middle and that's just like uh actual theater seats plastic little things that you sit down on dude two night package it's only $35 for general admission. Like, this is so affordable. Why is it so cheap? How does this company make money? Well, again, we could see how much it really costs. Because you saw when you went to AEW Ticks, because it goes to Ticketmaster as well, when you finish up and see how much it fully costs. So let's oh, see that's true. in the cart how much the full tax and everything is. Right, so far, this says $70. You're blocking the final total right now. Here, let me move you. You can sit next with me, Gino. Display. No, that's not what it is. Fleety scene. Grab Gino. Gino, come over here. Thank you. All right, now you're next to me. So uh, let's so let's hit next. Let's just look. If I accidentally buy tickets for this shit, I'm gonna be very upset. So I'm gonna have to stay at your house. All right. So get the basement ready for me. So ninety three sixty. So you're thinking all these fees and everything. Oh, I don't want to sign in. Can I just kind of get through? Can I just continue? Do I already have a login? Let's hope you have a login. If not, we'll see. But again, $90, not too bad for two tickets. No, it really isn't. Especially, I mean, and this is for two different shows. I'm going to Hard to Kill, and then I'll be, and then you'll get to go watch the, the what's it called? The, the Hard to Kill post show or something? The Fallout show, which is going to be like their two, I would assume it's two weeks of tapings. To the Brawl Out? Okay, so yeah. uh, Protect My Purchase, highly recommend. So that would be... Does that raise the price? What does that mean? Why, why do I have to do that? I have no idea. I can't tell if it raised or lowered the price at all. 
I don't know what the difference is. I'll protect it. I have no idea what that means. Um, We're going to protect this shit, Gino. Make sure that shit is good. So get reimbursed 100% with the event ticket insurance for only $8.25 per ticket. Uh, Offer not. Okay, so that's me securing my ticket. So what does that mean, though? Does that mean if you can't attend the event for a number of reasons, like an illness, uh, mechanical breakdown, traffic, weather emergency, you're required to work, oh, including military obligation, and more, you, you, okay, that's that seems like a lot of people have issues. So, okay, so let's say I have read, I've read the terms and conditions. So the tickets, the two combo packages are 70 bucks, right? Service fee of 830, because like, is that the insurance they were talking about? That's not the insurance they're talking about. Um, a facility charge, so the arena is only making four bucks for this event. $3 to process the order, that's Ticketmaster's money. So place the order. Oh, it wants all my information. I'm not giving you my information already. I'm not even sure if I can go to this event, Gino. So where in Atlanta is this? Is this doable? Do you think I'm going to hard to kill? I mean, it could be possible you and I could both be meeting up here in January to have this big moment for hard to kill. But I know for sure it's only like an hour away from my place. I did this before to go to GCW. It wasn't too bad. We could easily make this happen. GCW. GCW. So it's at Center, Center Stage Theater in Atlanta. Center Stage theater atlanta so how far away is that from from dallas like is this like a 14 hour drive i know it's not the easiest no, I, I probably should fly that's how far away it is but uh just for shits and gigs and just for the idea of dude what if i went to fucking hard to kill in atlanta never even been in atlanta i'm going to hard to kill don't worry about me um does that seem reasonable gino all right let's see how much it would cost and we can see how reasonable this is hopefully it's reasonable enough to make this happen it's my old apartment. I'll put that there. See where it takes us. Do 12 hours. That's easy. Get to go through Alabama. That'll be a fun trek. Shreveport. Stop and gamble a little bit. That might be too far of a drive, Gino. But if we leave Thursday and get there Friday, go to Hard to Kill, maybe get some lunch. That sounds fun. It sounds like it'd be a fun time. It'd be an amazing time in January. An easy trip. I'm sure a safe trip for those 12 hours would be a great night. But it's just Josh, Josh Alexander bully raised the headliner, right? That is the headline main event next to Jordan Grace and Mickey James career versus title, which will be an amazing match to see Jordan Grace and Mickey James's career. So I'm I'm curious about, and I'm still curious regarding the whole OnlyFans situation because so many indie wrestlers have in on OnlyFans. So what are we? Where's the line? Because I love the way Kevin was talking about these OnlyFans, like the leak celebration and. As horny wrestling fans, this is kind of what our dream always was. Like, imagine if Trish Stratus had an OnlyFans when we were younger. Tori, Tori Wilson was in Playboy, but, I mean, that's, still, that's not what we're looking for here, okay? We want the OnlyFans content that only Manny Rose has been giving us. And other wrestlers, too. I mean, Jessica Havoc. I mean, are you serious? So, we're getting all of this stuff, right? Where does it kind of, Do you see where it goes? I don't know. I just... Like, or is there a limit now? Like... For for all these indie talents that have these OnlyFans, do you think that's hurting their opportunities to get these bigger jobs at this point? Like, Manny Rose made everybody look like a whore. I mean, at least for WWE, I feel it's almost like if you go there and you do present the stuff that Mandy was presenting, you are pretty much like shunned until you do better and become a better person. Like Selena Vega did. Like she did not present all that shit on OnlyFans. She did it covered up and not too bad since she was able to come back. If she went full on out like Mandy Rose, they might close the door on her. But they brought her back in because it wasn't as bad as it could have been. Right. Yeah, because even, like, so for WWE, like, yeah, she was the star of NXT, right? Like, she was the main, 
Like what? Well, look, just from the outsider who didn't watch NXT, the commercials all had Mandy Rose. Like if you were watching anything on USA, Mandy Rose was your reason to watch NXT. If you were watching Sunday Night Football and there would be a WWE commercial, Mandy was who they showed for NXT. So she was a huge representative of the brand. So having her on fan time showing her asshole and doing some Austin Theory business, I mean, all of that is, all of that makes the company look like well, you know, because. Look, now that I took my son to wrestling, it's this show's for kids. This is a kid show that we've been watching for 30 years. We've been wrong the entire time. This is for children, all right? They're, they're fake fighting. Kevin said it a long time ago. UFC's for adults. This one's for the kids. And I understand why somebody like a Manny Rose, who, yeah, all of us horny dudes are like, oh, my gosh, I have to go to the bathroom while she's wrestling. I I, I understand where we're all coming from, but I where the, I where now I understand where WWE is coming from, like, Look, dude, if people Google you, the number one thing that pops up is they want to fuck you. Like, that's the number one thing. Like, you can no longer search Mandy Rose without her tits up, like, on the internet. And that's the whole thing. Instead, we realized we have a mistake here. She needs to fix it. And then we could keep the door up for if she's able like, redo her image and all this shit can then be moved on from. And it's not in the public eye. In, like, a few weeks, people will slowly forget this and be like, go on to the next woman who has all their shit out there. And it's even bigger than Mandy. And, and what do you think? So is Manny Rose bound for AEW? Do you think Do you think she's going to keep wrestling? Or do you think if you're making $500,000 on your fan time or whatever, is there any reason to go back to wrestling? What do you think? I think with her being released and that being like a big focus, a lot of people are going to be like, oh, it's immediate to have this sensation. Be like, be in here, in the ground floor. And then, again, weeks from now, people are either going to forget or not care as much. So around like maybe January, we'll see where she goes, whether it be coming back to Davey for the Rumble or being Paige's partner in January 11th. We will, yeah, on January 11th, we'll have to see. Um, I'm going through some of the AEW news stories that are kind of popping up right now. Um, and there's not a ton of stuff happening at this moment, but I do remember like being there live. Um, that was one of the rumors we were trying to like, like Mandy Rose could now be the person, the team with, to team with Paige, like we don't, but absolution, they have their ties in, Gino. So there are ways to get this done. People were talking about a 30 day, like, oh, she can't wrestle for 30 days. And uh, of course, other people were like, no, that's only for this. She was terminated because of that. Like, who knows how that shit works? I'm never going to understand the release policy at WWE. Um, oh, I want to ask you, Gino, Athena, is she the worst or what? She's great. I blame Mercedes Martinez for that match. Dude, you love Mercedes Martinez. How do you? How come you like Mercedes Martinez until uh, Mercedes actually made me like her? I thought she did. She tried to hold up her. How do you go for like a like a? She picked up Athena for something, and Athena's supposed to jump, and she couldn't do it. She just looks really uncomfortable in the ring now. It's because she's now focused on this new character that she's just being a brawl, just being a brute, just beating the hell out of people. And Mercedes was trying to be more wrestling. She's like, no, we need to go and change this. We need to go be brutes and not do this but shit. But they're not brutes. Again, I, she's like 4-1. They they're both brutes. They're both brutalizers. They don't care about anyone's health but their own. And the, the match, it sucked. It was a shame. It was yeah, the it was only bad. down part of final battle was that match. Mm. They've had better matches in the past, and that's what I'd rather have seen as their previous matches. Final Battle was trash. I I have to be honest. I watched it doing dishes. It was one of the worst things I've ever watched. I was shocked at how bad it was because I did wonder, hey, this is a new era of Ring of Honor. We have, you know, like this is Tony Khan's new thing. 
this this is they're going to take this seriously and do a really good job with it. And then in the first match, now I did not watch Zero Hour, which I mean maybe that helped you enjoy it, but the botched finish, dude, of the to start the night off. Let's let me go through this card because I forgot who was even in it. Blake Christian and AR Fox. Who's Trilistico? Is that Lince Dorado? It's a dude who also is a part of the their version of LIJ. They've been together for like a long time with like CML AAA when Andrade was with them. We had this real LIJ, which now the proper LIJ with Naito in New Japan is trying to well, are better than them. It's a long story. LIJ is a long. Well, Drillistico kicked out on two or whatever, and the referee said two, and then the bell rang, and then he goes, "No, it was three. Like it was such a cringe botched ending, and then Rush and Drillistico. Beat the shit out of him after the match. It was like, was that supposed to be how it happened? Did you guys do? You've mentioned this before. It's, it, it could be bad on purpose. Like that. That's what I thought. Like, wow, this was one of the worst things I've ever seen. But you're trying to do it on purpose, which makes me hate it even more. It was that they did it on purpose, because then they had a backstage interview with the group and Preston, and they were all like pissed off because they're suspended now, and they're just pissed because these authorities they are trying to fucking stop them and screw them over because they were he kicked up, but they're like, no, he didn't kick up, and then that's when Preston said, you know, they're suspended, but I'm not, and I'm gonna have a sit down interview with Jr. next Friday with <laughs> him and talk about the truth about what happened. That and now so he's awful. a free man; he doesn't want to have this ten year old in charge of his life anymore. That sounds so awful. Thank you for sharing that with all with the class, you know. So then we already talked about Mercedes versus Athena. I thought it was really poorly wrestled. So two matches in, I'm thinking this show is doomed. Like, this is garbage. And it's a pay-per-view. And it's in Arlington. So imagine, like, this is in Texas, right? And then just a few days later, we have Dynamite. You're putting this as, like, Ring of Honor's, like, you know, one of their three or four pay-per-views of the year. You want to put together almost a super card of honor, if you will. And these first two matches sucked. And then... You bring out J.D. Griffey, who I kind of was like, I got to get, I like J.D. Griffey. Shane Taylor, was he always this big? Was he always a rotund guy? I thought he was like a badass. I thought he was like a JTG. I didn't know he was like a, like a, like a Mick Foley. He always was like a bigger dude, but he was always like able to wrestle and he could perform. And I thought this match was a, like, it started to swing upwards. We were like, okay, this is getting good because we have story going on. We had Swerve leaving his partner, but Keith Lee still be able to prove that he is the man to be able to beat two men on one. Well, yeah, and of course, Swerve, so Swerve walks out on Keith. Keith gets the dub still. Um, I just thought, wow, the, Shane Taylor and JD look like fucking Bush League amateur hour. This sucks. Keith Lee has been Keith Lee has been reduced to this. His hot ass wife is hanging out with Austin Theory's asshole, and meanwhile he's over here having to hang out with J.D. Griffey and Shane Taylor. It's time to go back to the black and gold. He should come back today, and hopefully he does once his contract is up. And maybe Swerve may as well with his contract because he wants to play like be a loyal person as long as he still has contract. We'll see where the future holds in the next three to five years. Well, and Swerve doesn't like Triple H. We kind of heard it on Talk is Jericho. Like, Swerve never felt like he was a Jer- or a Triple H guy. You know, Triple H and the NXT guys always have, like, this really tight bond. Swerve said he never really had that with Triple H. So, and I think there was a lot of honesty in that. I, that, that. That's a unique story that I didn't see coming, so I want to believe it's 100% true. Um, so the best part of this whole pay-per-view, by the way, is boys, that was the best part. Like when Dalton Castle came out, he did his best to save this fucking show and he kind of did. It was good. I thought this was a really, really well done six man tag. It's Dalton Castle and the boys versus three fucking yoked monsters. 
So the winner, we knew the embassy was going to win, but it, we were still rooting for Dalton and the boys. And Dalton's so well, he, he does this character so well. I remember you and, the first time you and I talked Ring of Honor, I had to like tell you, no, I like Dalton Castle. Okay, I know. I know a lot of the shit I say doesn't make sense about ROH, but Dalton Castle winning the belt was actually kind of interesting. And I think it made more. It made me watch a couple episodes. So, so whenever I stopped watching Ring of Honor, it wasn't because of him. All right, there were several other reasons why that show would go in and out of my life. But yeah, him, him as the champion wasn't one of those. I thought this was a great match, though. It was a great six-man tag match. We were telling the story, being performers, and him realized that I still got to show off my incredible wrestling skills to somehow beat these three giants, these three beasts that no one would expect me to beat. He did the best he could, but yes, Stone Castle was not able to hit the bangerang to get the one, two, three like he would want to against these three giants. So still a good match. And then the wheeler Yuta daniel Garcia match. I don't like wheeler Yuta. His facials annoy me. Like, he, he, he's doing a great job, all right? They're telling him, hey, you're the biggest badass in wrestling history. And his face is trying to tell me that. His face is, like, real intense, like, real gnarly. Like, I take this shit more seriously than anyone else. His name is still Wheeler Yuta. He never works out his shoulders. And he kind of sucks, you know? What are your thoughts? Like, is Wheeler Yuta or Daniel Bryan? No, I think your question is Wheeler Yuta or Daniel Garcia, the two future no, pinnacles no, of Daniel, wrestling. No, I was being serious. Daniel Bryan. Like, who's more of a badass in your mind? Wheeler Yuta or Daniel Bryan? I would have to say Eric Young, the other Daniel Bryan. It, it, like, if you had to say, like, like Austin Theory with his old Mean Streak thing, or until the bloodline came out, or Wheeler Yuta, who's more intimidating, who's more of a badass? I mean, I would have to say the bloodline. Damn it, Gino. So you agree Wheeler Yuta sucks, right? Like, why are we still why are we still pushing this guy at all? Because we have an idea that he could be a future star. He could be just as good as Brian Nelson one day, and they want to keep training him to be that way. But Dayer Garcia is just looking better and better than him every minute. Oh, he sucks, too. Like, this is literally like the two backyarders are somehow getting this big push. These guys both suck. They both can't talk. Uh, why? Why are we still? And, and, like, I understand why it's the Ring of Honor Pure Championship because it is a niche title. They're doing it on these Ring of Honor shows. They wrestled on Dark – one of them's on Dark Elevation now. It's almost like a developmental championship at this point. Like, hey, maybe we can see something with these guys in the future. Let's give them a niche belt to try different things, and maybe they'll get over doing this. That might be fun. But, oh, my gosh, I hated this match. Like, did you – so did you enjoy the match? I did enjoy this match to a point. I'm just hoping that maybe we're going to get smart Mark Sterling and the varsity athletes to be free of just being on dark and they could go after a pure title so Josh Woods can win that title back and then it could fix the pure title. I'm thinking we got to start watching Rampage. Like I'm thinking like we are missing all the wrestling. Like when we said like we got to get people off of dark. Like no, we're supposed to watch dark. I think dark's a part of it now. Like in in canon, like the kayfabe universe that AEW has, all four of those shows seem to be really important. Like even Wrestling Inc. has like live updates of what's going on on Dark right now. Like, why would they do that unless we were supposed to take it seriously? Yes, we should be taking it seriously, especially since we now have a change that I've been looking forward to. Where Helico will finally be in a group again with my favorite tag team, the Chaos Project, because Doctor Luther is the best. Uh, so, uh, Cash and Dax, by the way, who lost this, who lost their titles, which I kind of predicted that they would go through like 
a bit of a losing streak, and now it's time for them to drop all their gold to refocus on the, the AEW tag titles like they should have been doing. I thought this match was really well wrestled. Really surprised that it was this spot in the card. I thought this was last. Like I know that we have Chris Jericho on the card, and he's a big deal, and he's probably a main reason why they sold tickets to this event. But you have to imagine like this is the this is the blow off of you know this is the third match. Um, they they had done a good job setting it up like well, uh, what was it? Doesn't it FTR owns two falls and uh, the the Dem boys have like two falls or something? They tried to how did they explain that they were tied somehow? It's because well they did have like the one fall in their first match was FTR. Then we had FTR got one fall in the two out three falls, which is the Briscoes had one. I forget like how they were trying to explain because I think the Briscoes only have one fall over FTR. Yeah, I was gonna FTR say was was there like two. a DQ? They don't remember that two out of three falls. Maybe it's been a minute, but like two out of three falls. I remember the Briscoes got only one fall and FTR did win with the two normal falls, no DQ finish. Yeah, so this was I thought this was a great match and maybe much like uh, I was at AEW, we were exhausted after that tag match. So Juice Robinson had to come out. And Juice Robinson, you know, kind of sucks, okay? Now, this part of the show my wife got to enjoy with me. And she, we were all very confused. Like, Samoa Joe, this match was too long. This should have been a 13-second match where Joe choked out this nobody. I know that he's married to Tony Storm, so, like, roll tight on that. But... Dude, how how Juice Rob? Don't we do we like him? I know we no, I don't like him. I'm I'm, I'm putting a flag in the dirt. He sucks. No, he's got to be repping Bullet Club. Bullet Club still is going strong with Rock Hard Juice Robinson. But yes, he had to lose. It just it did take a little bit of time, but they needed to have a kind of cool down moment after that six man tag because we had to get ready for that main event match. And then of course, Gino. We got to enjoy the, the Jericho match. Now, this was a hot this was hot controversy at Dynamite. Everybody was talking about people tapping out to the swing. Now, I know this is probably Jericho's idea, and I have not listened to talk as Jericho, but I love it. I think it because this move, other than being a silly spinning somebody around, setting up for a sharpshooter, why not just tap out? Like if you're in the swing for for you know for twenty re- revolutions or whatever, why don't we believe that it's like messing up your head and messing up your legs and messing up your hips and your shoulders. It's barbaric. It kind of makes sense to tap out to something like that, right? It does, and it was a very unique way of finally having this move seem like it could actually end a match like we yeah. were hoping it could eventually. We now have someone realize he was either going to go unconscious and like just throw the fuck up till he was going to die, but he realized he's got to tap out because he knew it was going to happen if he didn't. Yeah, I, I, I really like the way they set it up. I thought it made sense. So for everyone that hates it, like I thought, I don't know, do you hate it more as a lengthy waste of time gimmicky move? Like like a spin-a-rooney? Like that doesn't hurt anybody. That's just something that happens every match. At least now with this move, you can win with it. And I thought that was I thought they did it really well, didn't they? Like I thought this was a really nice way to end a match, a really nice way to end the pay-per-view because Claudio got his belt back. And he won it with the move that we've all seen him do a hundred times. We all go ape shit forward anyway. So why not have him start winning with it? And for a guy like Cesaro, where what's his finisher? The neutralizer? Like or the Ricola bomb? This is kind of a perfect finisher for him. Well, I mean, he has good. There's the Ricola bomb, the gotch style neutralizer. He also still does the Swiss death uppercut. But yes, we now have the swing could also be a finish. He has forward and finish just like Jerk. 
Yeah, he even won with like just a fucking uppercut the other day. So yeah, he. I, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Claudio. But I thought this show was awful. I thought Dynamite this past week was fantastic. I have not watched Rampage. I haven't finished Raw. I thought SmackDown was all right. I, I thought were you and Kevin not like well not digging on SmackDown this past week? I was able to enjoy SmackDown. I'm really excited for what they're doing. Even though yes, now we know that Uncle Howdy is a second character and not Bray Wyatt. We're gonna right. see where this goes. But I'm excited for what goes on next with my boy LA Knight. Hopefully he gets over in this and it's not Bray Wyatt just getting a win in their first match. Uncle Howdy and Bray need to lose to LA Knight the first match. Uh, even if Bray or even if uh, what's his name LA Knight loses, he's still getting a rub. Holy shit! Can you Bray Wyatt's back? Who's he feuding with? LA Knight. Like who would have thought that? So they're giving LA Knight a chance to really shine throughout this rivalry, and he's super douchey. And I think he's kind of making it work. I think Bray's like a babyface, right? Even though he's like evil. I don't know what's happening there. And is Bo Dallas Uncle Howdy? Is that what we're all? Is that just everybody knows that? It's either him or even though like we never got a chance to see the hair, I was thinking maybe they could do Vincent, but Vincent's not that small that he's shorter than Bray, so it's not going to be Vincent. But one thing I'm just glad of is our boy got Eli Drake coming from Impact, from your also from your fair promotion, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, being now on the main stage on television every week, having these programs. It's an exciting moment for our boy Eli Knight. Yeah, it is kind of interesting to to see him to finally get this. Even he's been in WWE developmental. He's on that awesome Triple H workout DVD that they did at the Performance Center. So yeah, he he's he's been trying. He's in his forties, but it's finally happening for him. Kuther versus Ricochet was awesome. I'm trying to. I'm just scrolling through SmackDown because I I remember really enjoying it. Um, even the Hit Row uh, Delgado Fantasmo stuff I thought was fine. Um, Hit row one, which I thought was a little weird, but yeah, I thought it was a really, really good show. So I was worried because I thought everyone hated it. Like people were dunking on how stupid it was to have Uncle Howdy come out, and I thought it was stupid. But I don't know, Bray Wyatt's kind of silly. Why? Who cares? I thought it was fun. It was fun, and I'm just excited to see where we're gonna go. Since now we know Uncle Howdy is a separate character and not Bray Wyatt. They're gonna be tag champs. They're gonna challenge the Usos. It's gonna be fantastic. Why are you even questioning it? So Gino, before we wrap up this Christmas special. What are your plans, man? I'm always curious what Gino's doing because you talk about not knowing what your stepdad does for a living. So I wonder, like, do you ever go upstairs and see what everyone's up to? What are the plans for Gene Bean? Well, right now, all I am is it's just me and my stepdad right now. My mom, my little brother, they already went and uh, left her celebrating Christmas with my grandmother. So they're all celebrating. It's just me and my stepdad working, man. Just a couple working men. Are you working Christmas Day? I'm working Christmas Day and the observed Christmas Day and Christmas Eve and Christmas Eve observed holidays because I don't get paid holiday time, time and a half, unless I work the observed holiday, not the actual holiday because weekends don't count. But I'm working both the holidays as well just to cover for what they may need, both the Christmas Day and Christmas Eve. Wait, so when you're – so do you, but you do get holiday pay, you said? You get the holiday pay? I will get holiday pay, but I only I have to work the observed holiday, which is the day before Christmas Eve and then the day after Christmas because they don't consider weekends to be observed holidays. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, that's a little stupid. Um, makes sense, I guess, if you're getting paid for one of them at least. Like, who can, like, you're getting some of it. So that's cool. Well, good, Gene. I'm happy that it seems like you at least like your job, right? I at least am content and enjoy this job to the point that I'm willing to work six days in a row just to get paid. Get paid, get money, go to hard to kill. Things are looking up. 
So I will be back tomorrow. I just got a text. I'm going to Saltgrass for dinner. Do you know it's a steakhouse? It's going to be fantastic. Immediately following Saltgrass, I'm coming back here to watch AEW Dynamite. We're going to do a live whole fucking show immediately following. We got to gear up for the Slammies, you know, right? I mean, biggest fall from grace, Jonathan Gresham. And Jonathan Gresham is right up there with George, with the the Prasso, but man, match of the year, Speedball McBilly, Josh Alexander. And just like the other night, I was going through deep diver promos from this entire year, sending them to Kevin. Because I was just like, there's so many big ones. The MJF, CM Punk had like back and forth week after week. MJF just like expl- like telling the truth about his upbringing in high school. Then we had the contract setting for WrestleMania with Roman and Brock. There's so many great promos early in this year that I think do beat some of these more recency biased focused promos like hangman um no hangman rules where he punched himself in the face because he's a man why is that recency biased that was a while ago it was kind of a while ago but still kind of there but when there's bigger promos like again roman and brock seth and roman when he's saying up that last promo before that match where seth tells him that you still love me because of what i did you still remember what i did in the shield which set up for that amazing contest which is probably right up there like third or fourth match of the year seth versus roman with the DQ finish. Uh, no, first of all, no. You're just saying outland. You're like Zicky Dice, okay? You're just being outlandish for outlandish sake. Promo of the year is obviously born around or born at Christ Hospital with the cord around my neck. Like that's I, I don't even like CM Punk, but even that, I was like, this fucking guy rules. Like this guy's awesome. He was born down the street at Christ Hospital. Who knew that? Now I do. So I can't think of any promos off the top of my head. Probably something with Riddle, where you're talking to Randy. I miss those promos. Um, maybe Amos. Did he cut a good promo this year, Gino? Amos, I don't remember cutting a good promo, but I remember Kevin Owens dressing down Austin Theory when Vince was gone, just talking shit about this kid. He needs to be the star that he's meant to be. That was a great promo as well earlier this year. What about certified Luke Curtis cutting that promo in his apartment? I That's probably the promo of the year. Because I am certified Luke Curtis. Remember? And that was a, some say that was a shoot. Yeah, some people say that was a shoot, but I think the real shoot, we have to go with promos like that. We have our boy Bobby Fish with the greatest line of all time. Where's the lie? We don't know. No one ever lied. Bobby Fish tells the truth. Dude, Bobby Fish no matter sucks. Where he goes. Remember how bad that promo was in Impact where nobody was reacting? Is he still pretending to work there? He does still work there. He works there. He's a boxer. He's a mixed martial arts. He's an incredible athlete, Bobby Fish. He in his old sucks. Age. Well, Gino, Merry Christmas, sir. You enjoy. I'll see you tomorrow, obviously, for the whole fucking show. But I, I'm glad I got to play some Christmas music. I'm glad we got to talk some wrestling. I'm telling everybody, go to wrestling. It's so fun. You never get too old to be there alive. You told, like... It was just... I, and I went to that Blood Hunter show. I like that I call it the Blood Hunter show now. Like, that was... That's what it's called. I and mean, Blood Hunter almost killed a guy. When I went to that Blood Hunter show, I had so much fun that night, but I still didn't really like think, oh, I'm going to go to WWE next time they're here. Now that I just went to AEW Dynamite, like people at work were, when are they coming back? When are they coming back? People are, are more interested in wrestling now than ever for some reason. And I'm going, Gino. So I recommend you go to Hard to Kill. Find a way to get there. How far away are you from Atlanta? Is it like a half hour? It's about like, a, from last time I was there, it was about like an hour, kind of an hour and a half. So I'll be able to make it there. I'll be able to get a lift there, willing to pay the extra money to do that to make this happen. It's going to be an amazing night. But, man, I'm just glad that when you do hopefully go to a live event, it's going to be a raw show. So you can be able to see our boy Jonah Rock being there at WWE again. It's is great. he back? Possibly see Jonah. Jonah is back. He's with the Miz. He's the best. Oh, is that a fish? Oh, was that last night? 
Yes, it was last night during ladder match. He helped the Miz oh. win the ladder match. So Jonah's back, and it's a game versus Johnny Gargano. So we're calling back to NXT again. I'm gonna go watch Raw. I'm gonna go watch Hulu Raw. You know, thank you so much, everybody, for coming in and hanging out. Chova.live slash Felidis. Like I said, I'll be back tomorrow with my good friend Kevy Cool and Gino. We're all gonna be there to watch fucking Dynamite, dude. It's gonna be fantastic. Thank you guys all so much for coming in and hanging out. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, whatever we're all celebrating here. And I will see you tomorrow night. Thank you so much, Gino. I brought it on, man. Have a great night. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everybody.